how do you live a life without limbs? As in arms and legs, do we dare cover that in today's episode? Absolutely. Hey everyone, how do you do? Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Oh, with sound effects even. <laughs> and we do this using true life stories of real people. I'm Timothy Gregory, and I've got a question for you. How would you overcome and even thrive if you were born with a severe disability? Think about that. We're going to explore that question and even more in this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Johnny Hudson Jr. has learned to live a life without limbs. What does that even look like? I can't even imagine how I would cope. But the man in our story is an overcomer that despite his disadvantages, God has used him mightily to advance his kingdom. Folks, it is an incredibly powerful and inspirational story. Also, stick around because later we are going to field a listener's question and give the rest of you an opportunity to enter a sweepstakes drawing for a prize. Woohoo! No, it's not a lottery ticket, but first, let's get to it, folks. The true testimony of Johnny Hudson, Jr. How are you feeling, Mrs. Hudson? Oh, exhausted. How's the baby, doctor? Uh, it's a boy. Do you hear that, honey? We have a son. Oh, Becky will be so happy. Oh, she has a baby brother. We can't wait to meet him. Can we see him now? Well, I'm afraid there are some problems. Brace yourselves. What's wrong? You're son was born with no arms. What? And and he only has one leg. But what about those tests? We thought he was developing normally. We don't know. We're as shocked as you are, but you have options. You could let us place him in a home for children with special needs. No. He, he's our baby. He's coming home with us. Mrs. Hudson, you may want to... I want to see him. All right. I'll have the nurse bring him in. He's right outside. I don't understand why this happened to us. It doesn't matter. How can they think we'd abandon him? Here he is now. N nurse, you can leave the baby with them for a while. Oh, John, look. Isn't he precious? Our son. Now, Mrs. Hudson, think about what I said. I'll come back tomorrow to see if you've changed your mind. These days, many people think it's acceptable to abort or unload a baby that isn't perfect. But not the parents in this story. They received their newborn baby as if he was perfect, and their wisdom was justified. Heartache lay ahead, for the way was not easy. But Johnny Hudson Jr. is here to tell you it was worth the effort. This is his classic true story, right now on Unshackled. My birth.
birth came as a shock to everyone that day in September of 1977. My parents expected a normal, healthy child like my older sister Becky. Instead, they got me. A helpless infant with no arms and only one leg. Even that leg isn't like a normal leg. My foot grows out of the spot where my knee should be. The doctor said that I should go to a special home for disabled children, but when my parents looked at me, they saw their son, and they knew I belonged with them. I even thrived at home. Look, John, he's sitting up. I told you he would. How can he keep his balance? He's using the little foot on his left leg, just like any other baby. Oh, he sure has a good attitude. Ooh. Who's my smart little guy? Oh, look at him smile, Peggy. What a cutie. And the doctors thought he'd be helpless. He'll be feeding himself before we know it. How? He's already grabbing things with his toes. Watch him grab my finger. Oh, you're right. <laughs> you have to admit, he's pretty special, John. Some parents fight over a child's disability, but my difference made my family stronger. And as I grew, I learned to do more than anyone thought possible. It's just amazing to watch that boy feed himself. Isn't it great, Mom? He's doing everything the doctor said he couldn't do. He even plays with his sister. Never underestimate what God can do in someone's life. You and this God stuff. Come on, Mom, give me a little credit. I raised him. Are you all finished, Johnny? I'll help you clear the table. As soon as we're finished, I want you to see how Johnny uses a pencil. You're kidding. I'm serious. I taught him how to write his numbers and the alphabet, so he'll be ready for kindergarten. What a miracle. <gasps> Peggy, look out. Johnny's going to fall down the stairs. Don't worry. He's been going down the steps for about a week now. You little rascal. Come and give Grandma a kiss. For a while in my early childhood, everything seemed like it would be okay. My dad worked as an ice cream man while my mom stayed home and took care of my sister and me. I looked forward to kindergarten, even though the doctor said I'd never be able to play with the other children. Then something changed that shattered my world. When I was four years old, a cousin came over to play with my sister while my mom took me to the dentist. On the way home, we couldn't drive down our street because police cars blocked the road. A helicopter sat on our front lawn. Oh no. I don't like this. Excuse me, sir. What happened? Everyone, stand back. I live here. I need to know what's going on. I'm sorry, ma'am. There's been an accident. John! What happened? Becky was hit by a car. Oh, oh no, no! How? What happened? She saw her friend across the street and ran to tell her something. A car came out of nowhere and hit her. He didn't even stop the guy. The guy must have been drunk. No. No, I have to see her. Where is she? She's in the helicopter now. They're taking her to the hospital. Officer, let me see my daughter. Please, let me see my daughter. The police found the drunk driver who hit my sister, but they couldn't undo the damage he caused. My grandmother took care of me while my parents visited my sister in the hospital. How's she doing? Same. She's still in a coma. Oh, I put Johnny to bed. Thanks, Mom. Peggy, I, I invited my pastor here with me. Hi, Mrs. Hudson. Hello, Pastor. 
Would you like him to pray with us? Okay, it can't hurt. Our church has been praying for your family and your precious little girl. <laughs> She's only eight years old. It's too soon for her to go. I understand, and, and so does God. If God is so understanding, why did he let this happen to us? Well, I, I can't answer that. But God knows how you feel because his only son, Jesus Christ, sacrificed his life to save the world. God never allows anything to happen unless it brings something good. I can't see anything good coming out of this. I know it's hard to see that now. Let's pray together. God will help you. The pastor continued to explain his beliefs to mother, and that day she became a Christian. But she learned that prayer isn't a magic trick that makes all your wishes come true. I can't believe she's gone. Becky's with the Lord now. No one can hurt her anymore. I prayed so hard. Why did God ignore me? God never ignores us, Mrs. Hudson. Having faith means trusting that he knows what's best even when it hurts. It's not right. That drunk driver is still alive while our innocent baby is dead. No, it's not right. <laughs> My baby. Oh, I'd give anything, anything to hear her laugh again. Someday you will, Peggy. It's a promise from God. Let us cling to what is true here in God's word. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. My mother didn't see it then, but something worthwhile would come from that terrible tragedy. She took the pastor's words to heart and kept her faith. From that day forward, she went to church every Sunday and soon came the day my mother had prepared me for since birth, my first day of kindergarten. Now remember what I taught you, Johnny. You're, you're special. If anyone says anything mean to you, tell the teacher. Okay, Mommy. Hi, I'm Bobby. I'm Johnny. It's my first day. <laughs> me too. I like your chair. Yeah, it has wheels. Wow! I can move it around with my foot, see? Oh, that's cool. Thanks. I like your lunchbox. <laughs> Do you like cartoons? Yeah. Well, it looks like you're off to a good start, Johnny. You already made a new friend. As far as I could tell, the teachers and the other students treated me just like any other kid. The years passed, and I reached junior high. You did what? Join the drama club, you know, to be in a play. Oh, that's wonderful. You're full of surprises, honey. I can't wait to start rehearsals. Oh, oh, and another thing happened today. My friend made me a mixtape. Oh, why did you play it? Mm, I don't know if you'll like it. It's not the old stuff you listen to. Come on, I'm not that old. <laughs> Let's hear it. Well, okay. Turn it back on! You were right, Johnny. I don't like this music. You can't say I didn't warn you. 
I don't think you should hang out with kids who listen to this stuff. It's all about drugs and violence. My friends are nice. Give me back my tape. Bobby's going to ask me about it tomorrow. So, Bobby gave you this tape? Hmm. Maybe I should have a word with his mother. <laughs> Why are you being like this? I'm your mother, and I know what's best for you. Someday you'll understand. Give me my tape. I'll give it back to you when you leave for school tomorrow. You're not listening to it under my roof. I hate you. I don't care if you hate me. I'm your mother, and you won't play that trash in my house. Something ugly started growing in my heart that day. Something dark and forbidden that cast a shadow over my whole world. All right, we'll get back to Johnny's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link if there's one where you're listening or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled. We take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. And we thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to Johnny's story. Finish your breakfast, Johnny. We're running late for church. I don't want to go to church. I know, sweetie, but it's important. Come on. I'm serving notice right now that after I'm 18, I, I quit going to church. Johnny! Don't talk to your mother like that. Leave me alone! What happened to our son? He used to be so sweet, but now he's getting impossible to live with. <laughs> he's a teenager. He'll grow out of it. Hopefully. I didn't communicate with my parents much during those years. How could they possibly understand my problems? Instead, I hung out with friends from school. Hey, Johnny, take a hit of this. It'll take your mind off your problems. No thanks. I'm already missing two arms and a leg. I don't need to mess up my lungs, too. <laughs> You're a trip, Johnny. Who needs pot when you have a friend as funny as you? I'm tempted, though. With so much going on lately, it's too much. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Bobby, do you ever think about killing yourself? I've thought about it once in a while, but I just never go through with it. You? I'm so sick of my mom hassling me all the time. I'm stuck in this wheelchair all day long. What's the point of it all? I always thought you had a pretty good attitude. People like you. Yeah, I'm starting to hate myself and my mom. If you killed yourself. How would you do it? I don't know. Gun? Then again, I don't have any 
fingers to pull the trigger. <laughs> That's dark, man. I hope you're just joking. You, your life may be hard, but there's nothing worth killing yourself over. I never used drugs, but my depression affected my schoolwork. I had perfect attendance in school up until the eighth grade. But in high school, my grades began to slip along with my attitude. Ooh, Johnny, do you want to talk about your grades? Huh? Well, what do you mean? Look at your report card. <sighs> D's and F's? You used to do so well in school. And where'd that get me? Studying is a waste of time. I'll tell you what's a waste of time. Hmm. Smoking pot with your friends. And I don't smoke. And I'm not going to college, so who cares about grades? I care, and so does your dad. I I'm sick of always doing the right thing. Johnny, you're on thin ice. Stop trying to run my life! I wish you were dead. I'm gonna kill you, and then I'm gonna kill myself. Seething with anger, I locked myself in my room that evening, refusing to talk to my parents. I was tired of feeling helpless and having mom and dad make all the decisions for me. I wanted to control my own life. I knew that I didn't really want to kill myself, but I needed some kind of escape. That night, I quietly left home in my wheelchair and headed down the street to my friend's house. Bobby! Hey, Bobby! What are you doing, Johnny? I'm running away from home. You're gonna wake my mom. My parents want me to do everything their way, and I'm sick of it. As long as you live with them, you're stuck with their rules. That's why I ran away. Can, can I stay with you? Uh, Please. Dude, I can't take care of you. I can take care of myself. Look, my, my house isn't set up for someone like you. There's no ramp. We, we don't have a special bathroom. And Hey... You're a good friend, Johnny, but I'm not your mom. With nowhere else to go, I went back home. Somehow, I would have to endure another four years until I turned 18 and could move out. The next year, I felt lonelier than ever. Bobby avoided me. I thought he felt awkward about turning me away that night. Soon, I learned that he had much bigger problems. More coffee, dear? Mm-hmm. Johnny, juice? No. Hmm, you're really focused on that newspaper, hun. Yeah. Um, did you hear about that group of kids beating up another boy? They killed him. Oh, no. Oh, how sad. One of them lived down the street. Bobby something <gasps> or other. Bobby? Johnny, is that your friend Bobby? It can't be. Let me see that paper. Oh, no. You know him? I've known him since kindergarten. He's, he's not a bad guy. He did drugs and hung out with a rough crowd, but he was always nice to me. He's been arrested and charged with murder. For the first time, I saw how bad things could have gotten if I let the wrong people influence me. If I had spent more time with them, I might have gotten involved in that murder, just like Bobby, or I could have been the boy they beat and killed. Suddenly, my parents' world looked a lot more safe and sane. I saw that they had reasons for their rules. 
They just wanted what was best for me. I started taking school more seriously. I continued going to church, and the years passed. What are you up to these days, Johnny? You know, same old. You're about to turn 18, aren't you? That's a big day. You can say that again. I can't wait. As soon, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> you have a lot to learn, my boy. You never get to do whatever you want in life. If you did, you'd end up a mess. Well, at least I can listen to the kind of music I like, and I won't have to go to church. Well, what's so bad about church? Well, I, I guess it's not so bad. Actually, <laughs> I kind of like it lately. I made some new friends in youth groups. See? Christians can have fun, too. And don't you think God had fun creating everything? <laughs> he must have a wonderful sense of humor. I guess. Are you coming to my birthday party? I wouldn't miss it for the world. I kept going to church after my 18th birthday. They held a week-long series of revival meetings, and I attended every single one to hear the evangelist speak. Having gone to church since my childhood, I always thought I knew what it meant to be a Christian. But listening on Wednesday night, I knew better. Now, sometimes rebellion seems like a lot of fun, doesn't it? That's why people drink and do drugs to have a good time. But that good time doesn't last, does it? When that high wears off, you're left feeling worse than before. God promises joy and peace that can last forever, and it doesn't cost a dime. God knows that people are drawn to bad habits. The Bible says in the time of Noah, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And centuries later, Jeremiah wrote, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? See, he understood the human heart. And yet, my friend, God makes this promise. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. How does God accomplish this? When you put your trust in Jesus Christ, who gave his life to wash away your sins, God puts his spirit in you and gives you a new heart, one that seeks to do his will not your own. Listening, I knew without a doubt that I had never really received Jesus Christ as my Savior. I had gone through all the motions of going to church and participating in youth group, but I had never been saved. I knew the time had come to change that. Jesus, I've always known that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I know that I'm a sinner, and I need your forgiveness. I'm sorry for my rebellion. I want to follow you with all my heart. I know that you died in my place, and now I want to live for you. Give me a new heart so I can follow you and do your will. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Oh, I'm thrilled to hear about your salvation, Johnny. I feel great. I want to serve God for the rest of my life. Why don't you ask your pastor how you can serve him in the church and pray about this new chapter of your life. I'll pray with you now. 
You look so happy today, Johnny. Did something special happen? I got saved Wednesday night, Mom. Oh, you did? Oh, Johnny, that's wonderful. I'm so happy, Mom. Now I have a reason to live, something to live for. I used to feel so lost. I always said you were special. God made you very special. I know that now. And I want to serve only him from this time forward. I've been praying for this moment for years. I know God will use you in a mighty way, son. Right away, I started working in my church, helping with all age groups. Going to Bible college wouldn't be easy, but I applied to one near my home. <laughs> Dad, Mom, look! I've been accepted to Northeast! Congratulations, son. That's wonderful! It, uh, it says they're putting in ramps and everything so I can get around. God is opening doors for you, Johnny. <sighs> to think. God planned my birth so that others could see how powerful he is, even in weak vessels like me. If God can use me, he can use anybody. In the spring of 2000, I graduated with a double major in the Bible and pastoral theology. God called me to be an evangelist, reaching out to teenagers and adults with the good news of salvation. I share the message that no matter how insignificant you may seem, God values your life and he has a special plan for you. In Bible college, I met my wife, Rachel, who ministers to single and married women across the country. The Lord blessed us with two sons. In 2017, I started a church in my hometown, an area in great need of the gospel. When I was born, the doctors told me I'd never fit in. Yet I went on to do so much more. I graduated college, I am raising a family, and I hold a leadership position where I am able to inspire others. What about you, friend? Are you using what God is giving you to further his kingdom and set people free? God's word says in Psalm 139, verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I believe it. Wow, that was really something. What an amazing story about the transformative power of Jesus Christ and a strong witness that God can use anybody for good and for his purposes. Now, I have here a question from a listener of one of our live productions who asked, how do we select our actors? Hmm, good question. In other words, where do they come from? All right, that is a good question. Well, we get our actors from the actor big box store and they're a dime a dozen, just kidding. We hire our actors out of Chicago, where we are located, we get our actors from the Chicagoland area. All our actors are professional actors, many of whom make their livings that way. In fact, you might even recognize or have seen or heard unshackled actors before in movies, TV shows, uh, commercials, radio spots, audiobooks, video games, and other performance outlets. Now, if you have a question or a comment for us here at the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, something you may be curious about, question you've always wanted to ask or comment you want to share, you can write us at podcast at unshackled.org. That's podcast at unshackled.org. 
Or you can call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Before we get to our sweepstakes info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can also share it or you can tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review, uh, rate our podcast. We appreciate your input and encouragement. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. Okay, uh, here's the prize for our upcoming sweepstakes contest, a beautiful wooden scripture plaque. Folks, this thing is gorgeous. Uh, I believe the scripture on this particular plaque is uh, Hebrews 11.6, but without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's the scripture. And it is gorgeous, especially if you're looking for daily inspiration from scripture. You will love this authentic and very unique wooden plaque. Um, the plaque has been sawn from a tree branch. Is that a word? Is sawn a word? Okay, it is a word now if it's not. <laughs> um, the plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or a log and cut in such a way so as to uh, retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. It's been uh, handcrafted around the natural character and beauty of the wood, the wood that God created. So, all you have to do to enter our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast Sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264. That's 312-281-1264. Or email podcast at unshackled.org. That's podcast at unshackled.org. And give us your name, your phone number, and email. The winner of this sweepstakes for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on April 5th. I believe that's the week of Easter. But the deadline for entry in the sweepstakes is March 31st. Heard in the true story of Johnny Hudson Jr. were Tim Frank, Anna Maria Alvarez, Kurt Nabig, Michael Walner, and Marcy Mencotti. Original music and audio engineer Don Badorf. Sound effects Michael Walner. Recording engineer David Pierczynski. Script, Kenitha Gabler and Chrissy Spallone. All right, folks, that's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>